Hello there. Welcome on this podcast episode. I'm going to talk about rising above one man journey to conquer ED. I will deep dive into the challenges and triumph of a man determined to defeat ED. So join us as we uncover the emotional battles, the groundbreaking treatment, and the unwavering perseverance that led to rekindling of passion, confidence, the story of love, courage, and transformation. I'll see you on the inside. This podcast is for you, the modern man. I'm Dr. Ann Trung, your host. I'm an intimate health medical doctor and best-selling author of the book, Erectile Dysfunction Fix. I'll do a deep dive into sexual health and performance and how it affects men of all ages and backgrounds. So let's get started and be sure to visit my website at sexualhealthformenpodcast.com for more information and resources from the show. See you on the inside. Today, I have a great episode for you on the story of a great guy, Galen Wilson, and how he had overcome ED to live his second life again. And we're going to hear his story. And I'm so glad that Galen is here with me today. How are you doing today, Galen? I'm, I'm just doing great, Dan. Uh, great. Dr. Ann, I oh, call me, do call me Dr. Ann. It's fine. So <laughs> Galen is actually an admin of the two largest uh, Facebook uh, group on erectile dysfunction discussion, and he's going to tell us his story today and why he does what he does. But the focus I want to go through today is that, you know, there there is a light for a man living with ED, even as severe cases such as Galen. So Galen, just tell us about, you know, how you first have had you knew that you had ed or something was going on with your bedroom performance okay well we're going to go back a little further than that i i was married at 20 years old and and had my first child at 20 21 and my wife and i had four children by the time we were 26 so we enjoyed sex quite a bit <laughs> anyway we had a very active sex life throughout our marriage I was one of those high-tech workers that you heard about getting laid off after the September 11th thing happened. And between all the stresses of that and other items, uh, that that marriage ended. And about that same time, I had developed ED at 44 years old. At 44 years old. I was going to ask you that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I, I was kind of unusual because I immediately, the second problem happened, I was at the doctor saying, give me some of that new medicine. Viagra had only been out, oh, I don't know, two or three years at the time, maybe four. But Did you have high blood pressure or high cholesterol no. or diabetes at all at that time? No. No. Nothing at all? No. Occasionally over my life, my triglycerides would get a little high and my cholesterol would inch up, but uh, it, it never got into the bad range. Okay. And so, and I didn't have any cardiovascular issues at all. Okay. So you went to the doctor. <clears throat> right. Uh, so okay. went to the doctor and, you know, he was a little reluctant at the time. General practitioners, a lot of times don't know as much as ED about ED as they need to know. Uh, they're not trained in it. 
So that's where a specialist makes all the difference. But I was able to talk him into a prescription. At the time, Viagra was very expensive for me. I still had four children at home <laughs> trying to trying to raise them. And, and so I ended up cutting the 100 milligrams down to 25, and it was just miraculous for me uh, at the first. So be, because of how and, expensive it was, right. you, you, you cut down uh, the dose. But let's right. backtrack a little bit. Okay. Uh, and you were you were mentioning, oh, well, I went to see the doctor, and you have to kind of talk him into it. A lot of times, it's also the doctor's you know experience of treating ED, but also the doctor's comfort level of mm. talking about sexuality as well. Right. We're talking about the year two thousand that that Viagra came out in nineteen ninety eight. So this is around what two thousand or late nineties. Is that right? Or yeah, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it, it, it was it, 22 you know, years ago. Right. Yeah. So like around 2000, like Viagra came out in 1990. Yeah. At that time, God Lord, you know, I, I, 23 years ago, you know, we, we were still not even focusing on pain and so forth at that time. So it's the point I want to point out is for, uh, from a physician perspective is, is their comfort level as well and talking about the issue of sexuality as well as their training as well. So we, well, whatever training, the, the specialty, we kind of hang in that lane. It's like, you know, I, I, I don't do open heart surgeries. I don't, you know, yeah, uh, you right. know well worse than that. So we like to kind of stay in the lane that we're, that we are specialized. At that time, did he do any blood work or anything before you got the medication? I don't remember him taking any blood. You know, it, it was very short meeting. You know, gave me the prescription and off I went. And insurance didn't cover that, right? No, at the, at the time, no, insurance wasn't covering that. And, you know, in hindsight, I know now enough to know that he should have taken blood tests to check me for heart issues and other underlying issues rather than just writing me the script so right right should have, oh anyway like, you know like an ekg should have been done some blood work just to look at your hormones level right your inflammation level your your blood sugar level your cholesterol level just basic things like that uh, that mm -hmm. is actually insurance will cover but yes so you got the prescription because how much it costs you split it in quarters Right. And so anyway, two years after developing ED, I, I caught me a 17-year younger wife. She had three little ones. So <laughs> I had raised a family. All my kids from my first marriage were grown. And uh, so I was off to raising my second family. And, and how old were you then? I was I was 46. 46? Okay. Uh -huh. And she was 29. She was a full-grown woman. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And so anyway, we had a we had a very, very well-matched libido. And we got, you know, with Sildenafil, you have to pretty much plan sex. And so we just planned sex every morning and every night, 14 times a week. Uh, and sometimes so, more. So were you able to get erection without uh, the meds at all? It was touch and go. It, it got to the, you know, I could once in a while, but everything was working so well that I usually didn't try it without the meds. Right, just because, right. you know. It, right. it was per working perfectly. I had a full right, act right. sex life. You know, she. Now, did, did you have morning erection? 
at all? That was 22 years ago. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so the whole point of trying to make a Galen had easy 22, uh, probably 24 years, right? Because then that time you were two years into the ED, right. so at least 23 years of ED. And let's backtrack a little bit in that what I'm trying to say is that when you first notice you have ED, notice see if you still have morning erection uh, or nighttime erection because an average man will have a about three to six erections. And if you're, if you're having morning erection or nighttime erection, then right. things are still working. Things are right. still working. You just need to kind of clear the plumbing a little bit more. <laughs> and again, that's where the blood work comes in right. to play and, and looking at, you know, is it, a, is it a high blood pressure or high cholesterol or diabetes or even stress? So at 44 years old at that time, probably the stress of of raising your kid uh, on your own, right. and you, like you said, you were laid off or something yeah, as well. Yeah, I lost too, the right? career. And, yep, yeah. you had you had you know the career change, the divorce. Uh, you were forty-four. Your testosterone were probably dropping at that time. The stress hormone depresses the testosterone as well. So uh, you know that I I predict at that time at forty-four probably testosterone and stress play a role in what you're noticing with right uh, and, and i i also i also have i have, have battled weight my in, entire adult life from 30 mm -hmm. on and so i was i was running between 20 and 40 pounds overweight on and off over the last 22 years so right and, and, and sure how much that did you weigh a, at that time were you how much uh, you remember Seems like when I met my current wife, I had been on the low carb diet and lost a lot of weight. I think I was down to about 200, which at 5'9", I should be about 180. And so I was in fairly decent shape at okay. that time. So at the time that you had ED, which before you, you met your second wife, you were maybe around 230? Yeah, two, 220 to 230 is, 220 is probably to what I ran. Mm -hmm. Right. 220, 230, you're 5'9", yeah. right? You're 5'9", so, right. so you're absolutely right. I mean, that, uh, that put you in the obesity uh, range. Correct. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine my BMI was that. around 30, right. above 30. Right, and right, so. the BMI was above 30. So just kind of looking at 23 years ago, we kind of identify some risk factors that will will put you to ED, which is, you know, the overweight. Probably didn't have time to exercise because you're still busy working and raising the kids, right? Right, right. Yeah, and th that's probably why you were overweight and then the stress and then low testosterone, at least at that time uh, mm -hmm. that we can- Yeah, uh, I never speculate. did get my testosterone checked until the, within the last couple of years. So I, I never knew what it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still had the libido, so I'm kind of guessing it was probably okay, but you know, I'm sure it wasn't what it was when I was 25. <laughs> exactly. And oftentimes testosterone start dipping around mid 30. When you're more stressed, it dips a lot more, right. more than just 1% uh, a year. So get back to, you met your beautiful, hot wife who's 29 years old and you're 46. Okay. Yeah. You know, sex was good. It was often, but you needed some medication, you know, to be able to perform and, and at that time. So, right. yeah. So, but it, it did, it did the job. It did the job. But during this whole time, you, you, uh, your, your doctor has been giving you a prescription, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. And no blood work, no, no blood no, work, no blood work, no EKG. 
no. you know, heart scan to take a look at your heart. But that, that, uh, that uh, if, if you had known that maybe your testosterone level were a little low at that time. It could have uh, been, it, yes. It, it would have definitely would have been something to look at. So, yeah. So, con continue on. So, at that time, you know, did you feel, I mean, how, obviously, the, the sexuality of your relationship was important and integral. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, you could even probably saying I was borderline addicted to it. <laughs> you know, I've since found that 14 times a week is kind of like way above average. And, uh -huh. uh, but uh, we continued that for 12 years until in the, the winter of 2014, I had a virus attack my heart and gave me congestive heart failure. And so that right away cut the frequency of sex way down. Uh, you know, from 14 times a week to maybe two or three times a week. And, uh, but we were still able to keep going for another couple of years until I just, my heart just continued to deteriorate. I had problems when I went, I went into AFib. And when you go into AFib, when your heart's weak, you're a sick man really fast. And so I kept having to get cardioverted back into rhythm and it, right. it I was, I, I was a man. It, it was also contraindicated, or you shouldn't be taking ED meds at that time. Well, nobody uh, ever told me. My, yeah. my, my, nobody ever told me stop taking the Viagra, which you know they might have, should have. But by that time, by the time I was in AFib, I wasn't capable of of having sex. I was just, you know, my body wasn't getting enough oxygen and and enough, yeah, oxygen to to survive mm -hmm. or to to put out that kind of effort. And so for the next, oh, year and a half, things just got worse and worse. In January and February of 2017, I spent 16 days in jail or jail. In jail? <laughs> in the hospital. Yeah. What no, correct. 16 days in the hospital, not in jail. <laughs> no, not in jail. Um, in the hospital, very close to death. My, uh, they, they kept trying to change my medications. They tried the nitrates on me. My nit the nitrates gave me severe headaches, you know, which I was I was just scared to death that they were going to put me on the nitrates, which would have completely eliminated me taking the sildenafil because of the danger of the low blood pressure with the nitrates. And so they ended up, and I don't know why I was so afraid of it because my my heart wasn't up to making love anyway, but they ended up getting me better enough that they went ahead and, and released me and sent me home. And kind of my mindset at the time was, is okay, they're sending me home to die. And so I went, went to bed mid-February and binge watched Netflix for two months, just waiting to die. And then one Saturday morning in mid-April, I, I sat up in bed and I said, no, damn it. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die doing something I love. And so I got up and I drug my little oxygen. I was on oxygen 24 hours a day. Mm. I drug my little oxygen bottle out to the backyard and started planting a vegetable garden mm. and had my son-in-law come over and rototill me up a big area. And uh, that first day I spent a couple hours out there and it was, you know, three minutes of working and 10 minutes of sitting, <laughs> sucking air. Right, right. Well, let's let's backtrack a little bit. I love okay. the part where you just said, "Well, I if I'm gonna die, I I'm gonna you know build my vegetable garden." What was the epiphany? What 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 was the light bulb? Because for two months you were just like lying there, 
you know, gaining weight, watch, you know, couldn't exercise, couldn't do stuff, obviously couldn't couldn't have sex, and was in the pit. But what what happened? What was what yeah. what was the calling? And what, and was act- it a movie you saw or what? <laughs> no, I I don't remember any certain thing. First of all, I wasn't gaining weight because I was in the I was in such bad heart failure. I was in the stage where you they were saying don't lose any more weight. Don't oh. lose more weight because I, gotcha. I just, my, I've always been a beef eater. My wife would fix me a steak. I'd take two bites and I was done. And so I, I was, I was a really sick man. And, uh-huh. but I've always been kind of a type A personality, you know, not one to sit around and, and vegetate very much. <laughs> I always had to be going and doing something. And I, I think that's what it was is it just, it finally hit me that I was just had given up. And I don't think it was a movie or anything. I think it was just finally, I had used the Netflix to to not think about the situation for two months. And I don't know whether I had a, a time where I didn't have it on or something and got to thinking about my situation, but I just knew I wasn't going to die that way. You know, if I was going to die, let me get out there and die, die from heart failure in the middle of the garden. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so, after so you 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 got you decided that you weren't gonna be feeling sorry for yourself, right? And believe it or not, that was really good for me because the first couple of days it was just two or three hours, and then like the third day I spent six hours out sanding all my shovels and painting the handles and getting all ready, and within two weeks, I was completely off the oxygen both inside and at night in or both outside and inside at night. I had worked myself out of having to have that oxygen as a crutch. And so within six weeks after that, I had worked myself into probably as good a shape as I could have been in with my heart as bad as it was. Well, and I, that's interesting. What caused that? Well, I mean, obviously, your mind, your mind was powerful. Right. Your right. mind is healing it, it your was, body, really. Yeah, Nothing was, changed. Yeah, it was right? a change, change in attitude is what caused it. You know, I, I had decided that I wasn't going to just give up and uh, I was going to live what little life I had. I thought, I, you know, I was on the transplant list, but I'd only been on it, you know, three months by that time. And so uh, there's 12,000 people on that list nationwide and only 2,500 usable hearts become available every year. So you can read the handwriting on the wall that your chances of getting a, a heart at a few months on the list are slim. Absolutely. Slim. Well, at that time, you 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 were probably not even thinking about getting a heart. You were just trying like right. like what, yeah. whatever time I, would, I have on this earth, I'm gonna enjoy it, right? Right. And, yeah, and exactly right. out of your control. But essentially, right. you made up your mind that you were gonna be, be lying and your and uh, uh, feeling sorry for yourself within eight weeks. You know, like you said, two weeks you were off oxygen. Six weeks you were bit better. You were moving around. But the power of the mind, the power right. of the mind in healing yourself and, and the power of the mind, because nothing changed. You were on oxygen 24-7. Right, but exactly. You were able to get off of oxygen, and it's so powerful because, you know, we always wonder, you know, what's going on in here that is getting him off of his oxygen. Is it changing his AFib? Is it increasing his heart rate? better is it's extracting out 
the oxygen better in his lungs? What is going on? And obviously, you know, the mind is the most powerful, the most powerful organ uh, of all because it drives everything, right? That's why it's at the top of your head and it's surrounded by uh, uh, a thick uh, bone to uh, protect it. And we sh there, we probably know by 10% of what our brain uh, does. Uh, and obviously in your case, you know, within eight weeks, you were able to get off of the oxygen and you said that you were in better shape. So what does that mean? You're able to walk better or what, right. what does I, that you mean? Know, before, you know, I couldn't walk out to the mailbox and back without looking for a place to sit down halfway each direction. <laughs> and, then, you know, it was like 50 feet up from the house. And, uh, and I was to the point where I go out and I'd work for 20, 30 minutes at a time and then take a five minute break instead of, you know, work for three minutes and take a 15 minute break. <laughs> so during all that time, your activity was just going outside, planting right. your vegetable garden. That was mm -hmm. it. You weren't doing anything else. Right, right. And, um, and so anyway, uh, I had an internal defibrillator. And one, one night, my wife was, I got a wonderful wife that rubs my legs and back every night. <laughs> and she was rubbing my legs one night. And she got a tingle in her hands and my whole body jumped up off the bed. And all I remember from it was saying, man, I feel funky. And then she's shaking me, said, what just happened? And I said, I don't know. and then we figured out that my defibrillator had gone off mm -hmm. and, and shocked my heart. And so <laughs> I should have probably got up and went to the, hospital at that point but i was tired so i just rolled over and went back to sleep uh -huh. <laughs> and uh i got up i had a little mouse thing that you could hold over the the defibrillator and it would read it and then you could put it in a cradle and it would send it up to denver uh mm -hmm. to the heart doctors and so i did that the next morning and called them and and they said yeah uh, your heart rate was 240 beats a minute right before that went off and it saved your life because that's where the term drop dead comes from is mm -hmm. if you had not had that internal defibrillator, you would have been dead on the spot. Mm -hmm. And so it had saved my life. And and then I went up and they checked me out and they says, well, all your blood tests are okay. It looks like, you know, it did what it was supposed to do. We'll send you back home. And so on the way back home that night, my heart went back into AFib again. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that was on a, on a Thursday night. So I called them the next morning and they said, well, we can't arrange for you to get cardioverted until Monday. And so I went back up Monday and, and got cardioverted again. And, uh, then they sent me back home. And later that week I was back in the hospital up there for another two or three days. And the doctor kept saying, well, your numbers look okay, but I can look at you and tell you, you're a very sick man. <laughs> and so it was on June 19th of 2018. I set my wife down and told her, honey, I'm not going to be here in two to three months. Uh, we need to finish up the plans. We had been to the funeral home and, and started arrangements and we need to fi finish up the plans. And so, of course, she was bawling her eyes out uh, because of that. And a half an hour after I told her that, we got a call from the hospital that there was a heart available. <laughs> and so we had a little to-go bag like a pregnant couple and we grabbed mm -hmm. that and off to Denver we went. It was a three and a half hour drive up there and 
that night it was raining and hailing just an awful storm outside so it was we probably drew, drove 100 miles in that rain and hail and uh, so the waterworks were going outside the car and inside the car because now my wife had changed from crying because i was leaving to crying because she was excited and scared mm. <laughs> well now how, and, how, how does that feel going from you know uh, i'm I, i'm gonna die to mm-hmm. oh my god I, I i have a chance to live now how did that feel the, you know it was pretty miraculous and because i i did not expect it whatsoever i'd only been on the list seven months by that time and uh That's so still a long time yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it, it's almost i can't almost explain <laughs> you know i i was excited and scared because i knew that i had like a five percent chance of dying on the table but you know i had just told my wife i was gonna die they they told me when they called that the heart was a high risk heart because they had found abnormalities with his kidney. And also they had found track marks we'd be, where he'd been using intravenous drugs, but they had inspected the heart and it looked healthy. And so I had just told my wife who I was not going to be there. So I, I had to take the flyer and, and take the uh-huh. chance. And so next morning at nine o'clock, uh, I had, had a, 38 year old heart. He was a 38 year old that was in snowboarding and inline skating and extreme sports. So he was an athlete and it's, it's been a super strong heart and it's been very happy where it's at. So, um, so that, so that was in 2018 is when you had the heart transplant. Right. In June, of, gotcha. June 20th of 2018. Uh-huh. And right. Right. my wife said, you know, I went in a gray man and came out a white man. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a 38 year old heart, right? Really, a second chance on life. Is that right? And how old were you then? I was 62. Six, oh, 62. Yeah. Okay. I was 61. Getting yeah, getting. I would turn 62 that August. So, um, gotcha, gotcha. And so, because of my fitness level, I recovered from the heart transplant really quickly. They were going to actually let me out nine days after transplant, which is almost unheard of. Yeah. Uh, They did end up keeping me another two weeks because I had very slight rejection that they didn't, they wanted to hit me with some more steroids. And, and, uh, and so they hit me with steroids for two more weeks and did two more biopsies. And Mm -hmm. finally, by the third week, I had no rejection and I haven't had any rejection since. And so they, they let me out. Um, it was only about two or three days once I was out that I was trying sex again (laughs) and it worked. Uh, you know, I had now had a heart that, uh, that was pumping the blood I needed and I was in good enough shape that I could keep going. And, uh, and wow. so, you, you I mean, know, it's we, almost like karma. You know, you were on oxygen, you decided I'm going to get out and, and then do all this, you know, like spend like eight, 10 weeks or so until you get that call of really right. uh, uh, improving your, your fitness. And then you got that call. Imagine right. what would happen if you were just lying in bed and you got that call. It, you know, you probably would end up having more post-operative complication, right? Uh, because you know your 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 uh, your physical reserve for recovery would it could uh, wasn't as good, and you know who knows? But that it's almost like karma. Now you got a new heart with better blood flow and and better oxygenation, and guess what? Uh, you know your erection is, is you know better and and 
And so I just want to know what, when when you guys had uh, intercourse. When was the last time you guys had intercourse prior to that? Post oh gosh, it had to be a year. Yeah, it had to be a year and a half, I would guess. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and my wife stuck by me through thick and thin. You know, it didn't uh, matter to her awesome. that we were making love or not. She was there for me, and yeah, she was my that's rock. Awesome. And, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think with you was that you and your wife have a very close relationship, very loving, very connected, and a good communication between the, the two of you. Right. And, and that really helped your journey and what you were going through as well, too, and as well as hers. Right. And, uh, you know, it, we both had mental issues because of everything that was going on, but, uh, you know... It, uh, if anything, it drove us closer together. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot. Of, I've heard of guys that got a transplant and th their wife left the week afterwards. And <laughs> yes. That's yes. it, it, pretty sad. Right, right, so, right. Yeah, so you, well, you were very blessed that you had right. uh, her. I, I was, I, you know, yeah, both before and after. Absolutely. It's been wonderful. Yeah. So, so, so how so, did it feel? How did it feel to have to have in the court again, have your erection back oh, again? Yeah, it was, I was very, very thankful. Bless, I felt blessed <laughs> that, you know, I, first of all, they'd given me a new heart, was going to give me another 20 plus years with my soulmate. And, and then my sex life came back. And so for the next, oh, two years or so, things were good. We were making love you know, probably three times a week. Things were working good. And then it started going, you know, by that time I was 64. Things started going downhill over the next uh, year and a half or so to where by November of 2019, I was, we were down to trying to make love twice a week and, and I was failing half the time. It just really, I, I was really, really frustrated at that point. My ED had gotten so bad that it was, you know, the meds weren't working like they were supposed to anymore. And it was at that point that I joined my first erectile dysfunction group. And I immediately started seeing two things. One was that the porn had a big connection to erectile dysfunction. And so that's one of the first things I did was starting cutting back on my porn consumption. And I did see some, some improvement in my erections. And then I also saw that guys were, were having good luck with doing shockwave therapy. And me being the do-it-yourself type guy I am, I, I got on eBay and ordered a $320 Chinese shockwave therapy machine. It was kind of two things happened all at once. Uh, my New Year's resolution was to cut porn completely out of my life. And so I did that. And then I, I How got... many hours were you watching porn at that time? Oh, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't obsessed with it to the point I would watch it hours a day. But I would say... You know, thirty minutes a day, probably. Mm -hmm. yeah. was, was it was it usually with your wife, or what? What it doesn't have to be related to when you're having intercourse or not. Right, right. We we used to we'd have one time we'd make love. It would be with with the movie, and the next time it would be without the movie, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of the compromise we came to. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how damaging that was to her soul watching that pornography with me you know because she's she's not a 20 something girl anymore <laughs> and uh, you know and and i didn't realize that she felt like she was competing with those girls 
I was kind of oblivious to the fact. And so once I quit porn and started realizing that, I actually got down on my knees one day and with her sitting on the couch and begged her forgiveness for doing that to her. And uh, she bust, burst into tears about that. And That's interesting. So, so coming from a woman perspective, that she's comparing herself to the woman on porn and, right. and that she feels bad about herself. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that that's basically, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Does so. she feel bad that she doesn't doesn't look and perform like the person in the video or she feels bad that she's not able to please you? What, what, what was her feeling of? Well, I, yeah, I think all of the above. Uh, <laughs> of course, I don't, I can't get inside her head for sure. But over the last couple of years in dealing with women in the group, in my group and seeing the heart, utter heartbreak of the fact that, you know, I have them come into the group and tell me he'll masturbate to porn, but he won't touch me <laughs> and see the, the agony that these women are going through. Uh, it's just heartbreaking. And, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I heard that story and I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do another episode on, you know, women and how they feel, you know, with women's stories, with living with men with ED. We'd love to have Heather on the show one day. <laughs> I don't know. She's pretty, she's pretty shy. I don't, uh, I'll try, but I, I'm not going to promise much. Yeah. Yeah. But, because, because I just learned something new. She just taught me something new. Yeah. What you just mentioned. Well, and also another thing I noticed once I did quit watching the porn all the time is that uh, she became a lot more attractive to me. She was hotter and I was more, I desired her more because I had gotten rid of those other images out of my head and was, was there with her, present with her during our lovemaking. So it, it Thank yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank uh-huh. you for sharing that. Yes. So anyway, by the time I'd given myself four or five of the treatments with the with the Chinese machine, I, I was having rock hard erections that were a hundred percent reliable and would last as long as I needed them to, and probably three to five times a week. It, it made a huge improvement. I continued the treatments for another probably ten treatments total with the Chinese machine. And uh, by that time, I had reduced my dosage on my sildenafil by a third, and it was still working. So I, uh, you know, I was happy. So I kind of took no, a did break. Did you lose weight too at that time? Have you What's really that? lost the weight? Were you like around two hundred? Uh, yeah, time? I, I, I was one ninety two when I got the heart, oh, and okay. I gained a little bit. I, I, in fact, I gained seventeen pounds in the first six days after the heart because I was just, I all of a sudden had an appetite and was just eating everything in sight. I was on a seafood diet. If I saw it, I ate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And after, after I stepped on the scales that morning at, in the hospital and saw I was 17 pounds up, I said, well, we've got to stop this. And, and so I started eating more sensibly and had lost, I think, six of that by the time I got out of the hospital and, and end up losing, losing the rest of it. I, I actually ended up right at about 200 pounds after the heart and was able to maintain that for at least three and a half, four years. It wasn't until I got really bad sick with the parainfluenza three back in uh, July of 21. And it, that stuff put me down for six weeks and I, I comfort eat when I'm sick. <laughs> and so the, that's the, the big challenge I have now is the immune system suppression 
mm -hmm. uh, that from, I'm on. From the heart transplant, right? Right, yeah. right. It, right. You know, out of the last eight, right. out of that last 18 months, I've been sick probably 12 of it. And so, hmm. you know, of course we had COVID. I had COVID twice during that time. We, you know, part of the problem is, is now Heather's got grandchildren and uh, they love Papa. <laughs> <laughs> and want to get in Papa's lap and, and bring me every little bug that's around. <laughs> that's right. So you're, but, so you're, you know, you're already immunocompromised because of the medicine you have to be right. on for the transplant and then being near kids who, you know, exposed right. to uh, 10,000 other viruses. But the point I wanted to kind of point, uh, point out was that your, your, the ED got better with uh, decreasing porn and really uh, appreciating and being attractive and aroused by your partner because you Correct. were taking, you were getting rid of porn at that time. And she probably feel more attractive to you because you were being attractive to her and that right. she didn't have exactly. this negative connection mm -hmm. to the porn. Like you said, right. you found that out. And so, so it was like positive feeding on positive, right? Right. And, you know, with her feeling positive, would you feel attracted to her, being aroused by her, getting rid of the porn, and and also like uh, your your you, you know you you maintain a, a pretty healthy weight uh, at that time as right. well too. And ex I mean, if you if you lost the weight, that means that you're probably eating better and exercising mm -hmm. more, right? At that right. time, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, and and also about that time we discovered some tantric sex uh, techniques, uh, meditation and and lingam massage and yoni massage and and that really helped draw us together more too. Uh, we, right. Can you can you elaborate on that? What what is tantric and uh, and the two massages you mentioned? Okay, the tantric uh, sex is based off ancient Hindu. Um, you might have heard of the Kama Sutra. That is, mm -hmm. th that's tantric sex. And so there's a meditation where you sit cross-legged close to each other and take each other's hands and do breathing exercises and, and move your arms and hands together while you're gazing into each other's eyes and move the sexual energy between across between you. And, uh, it, it, it's really powerful connect, spiritual connection that you can develop. Now, are you sitting there naked or fully clothed with your partner? I, yeah, I think we did it naked the first time we did it. And, and it did lead to sex. It doesn't have to <laughs> necessarily uh -huh. have to lead to sex. Uh -huh. But uh, I, in fact, I, I advise a lot of guys. One of the things you lose when you get ED and you can't, have consistent penetrative sex is the connection that you get when you have that penetrative sex you 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 have this very strong spiritual connection that happens especially if you eye gaze during the the love making you you have a a very strong spiritual connection and when you can't have that penetrative sex anymore that spiritual connection goes missing and that's what actually from my understanding from helping all these women is they miss that more than they actually miss the sex they miss that connection with their man and so by doing the tantric meditation with your woman you actually can restore that connection and and it, and it calms you down and actually helps with performance anxiety i think a lot of guys that have 
mental ED will benefit tremendously from the this tantric meditation. So you were talking about uh, tantric and meditation. Let's elaborate a little bit more on that. Okay, yeah. And so that restores that spiritual connection between the man and the woman that goes missing when penetrative sex can't happen. And also, uh, you know, one thing I, I, I tell my guys when they come into the group and they can't perform anymore is you've got to step up your foreplay game and learn to give women orgasms before you even attempt penetration. Cause that does two things that makes her happy and it takes the pressure off of you to perform. So you're more relaxed. So that way you you're taking care of her sexual needs by giving her orgasms. You're taking care of her spiritual needs by, uh, connecting with her spiritually. So there's guys that are doing this that, you know, still can't perform sexually, but their wives are now happy. <laughs> Absolutely. And right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you can still please uh, your partner without penetrative sex. And what, like you said, it's the right. eye connection, the eye connection, yeah, the uh, using the five senses, you know, the touching, the yep. kissing, the music, and the, the eyes, the smell, and using more foreplay. You know, foreplay right. is, I, is really, you know, it, it's setting up the stage, and and you you can um, please your woman by you know uh, oral sex or you know even using you know uh, gadgets as well too that will assist and like pleasing her so there, a woman can have orgasm without penetrative right. uh, sex as well too right. and perhaps while he's doing that he can also be aroused and that will help his erection as well right it does the performance anxiety right right and i've written a paper that's out on my on in the file section of my big group that's called uh, how to make her happy when mr happy doesn't want to cooperate <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> and yes, so, yes, uh, yes. And, and, and is that what you mentioned, or just the meditation, the tantric? Right. Now, wh- where can somebody find out more about the meditation and the and, uh, tantric? Well, it, it's That's very simple if you just go on Google and do a tantric sex for beginners mm-hmm. search. There are, there are videos, hundreds if not thousands of videos. Some are better than others. <laughs> uh-huh. but, uh, but, yeah. That that's where I started when I when I first started discovering tantric, and then also you you asked me to de- explain the massages. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll start with the lingam massage. It's where the woman massages the man's pelvic area, not just the penis, and kind of does it in a worshipful way. It increases the blood flow to the entire area. Actually. You know, you asked me if I was ever able to do it without medicine. The first time my wife tried that on me, we were just kind of experimenting with it. I hadn't take my med- taken any meds that night, <laughs> and everything worked perfectly. And so <laughs> she she was and, able. And that's to... all she did. That's all that's she all, did. Just the lingam massage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And so it, it, it's very. Men have issues with self-confidence and self-esteem when they have ED, and that is a way a woman can really boost his self, his, his uh, 
self-esteem is is if she's worshipful in giving him this lingam massage because it is very powerful uh for a man okay, how, how do you spell that l l-i-n-g-a-m yeah, lingam. lingam massage which is yeah. a woman a woman a purposefully massaging the um the scrotal area as well or just the pelvic yeah. area and the, the penis and the scrotum and mm-hmm. the, and the pelvic muscles right yeah and oh. also i've found it's uh, i've worked with several guys that have premature ejaculation and so that's i recommend they do that to themselves especially if a guy's single and and you know he doesn't have a woman around to do it for him to do that for themselves and to make it last as long as possible. Because I think a lot of PE is comes from guys that fall into the bad habit of when they masturbate, they rush to masturbation and finish in like a minute, minute and a half. <laughs> and so then when the actual act of making love to a woman happens, they haven't trained their bodies to recognize the signals and, and to hold off on the, the, orgasms so the lingam massage can be used by a guy also uh, on himself on himself right and, and on himself to help with premature right. ejaculation right. Uh, and, then, and uh, yeah. another thing another thing it helps with is uh, what's called death grip syndrome where a guy has used too strong of a grip for too long during his masturbation and has decreased the sensitivity of his penis so it it can help restore that sensitivity. Interesting. Well, the the uh, the background to how that help is that you know um, massaging the penis. You know, when when you stimulate with massages, you're really stimulating more blood flow to the area. Right. And you're massaging the the, the scrotum. That that's where the testicles are, which produces testosterone, and then the pelvic area is is the uh, the pelvic muscles. Is the ischial cavernosum uh, and the bulbal cavernosum, which are the muscles that kind of uh, goes between your scrotum and your rectum, and those muscles are the one that controls orgasm and ejaculation, mm-hmm. and and they're little thin, small muscles that are like a bee going down from your scrotum down to your rectum, but they're very, very powerful, and and those muscles contracted during you know something called Kegel exercise, K E. Uh, G-E-L, and, and how you contract those muscles voluntarily is uh, like when you urinate, you stop your urine and then start your urine, stop your urine, start, start your urine. That's how you can kind of exercise those muscles. So when you're massaging these muscles, uh, you're bringing more blood flow to these muscles, and, and that's why, and they help with, uh, with erection. They help with erection, right. help with premature ejaculation, help with orgasm, help with ejaculation. It's almost like, but the both neglected muscle in the body, right? For right. a man, it's so neglected because, you know, if, if a man pays attention to the pelvic muscle, the two pelvic muscle, like his bicep, and, you know, he'll, he'll, uh, you know, he'll never have any problem with, with erection because those are the muscles that help actually hold the penis erect uh as well and i mean those are the muscles that not part of the corpus cavernosum which is the smooth muscle uh of the penis so i love it when you mention the lingam massage which is 
a man can do it for himself as well as a partner uh, right. can do it. And you can do it almost at the daily routine and combine that with Kegel uh, exercise as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. There's another massage that you also talk about. Right. Yeah. That's called Yoni massage. Yoni is the Sanskrit word, Sanskrit word for vagina. And like uh, y- Y-O-N-I? Yes. And it's, uh, again, the key to it is doing it in a worshipful manner that isn't necessary, may or may not lead to sex. It It's giving your entire attention to pl- pleasuring a woman. And again, you you massage the entire pelvic area. You're massaging the, entire, the pelvic, your massage, pelvic area, the man or the woman? The woman. The, the man okay. massages the entire pelvic area, uh, usually, you know, some kind of uh, coconut oil or almond oil as a lubricant and, uh, uh, and, and pay attention and like massage the, the inner labia, just little, you know, massages and just in, do the entire area. And then, then I usually end up uh, inserting two fingers, fingers and going in for the G spot, which is about two inches inside on the roof of the vagina, and uh, and that can make for some very powerful orgasms in the woman, uh, massaging the G spot. Yeah, so that's yoni massage. So that's yoni when massage. you're massaging yeah. her, uh, right? And the lingam is is she's massaging you or you can even right. also do self-massage that's not to say a woman can also do her own yoni massage right and uh, and as well you guys can come into erectile dysfunction discussion and hit me up i've got the links in, in a in a google keep file that i can just copy and paste to you and and get mm-hmm. those links to you for all of these things we've discussed so right right yes. right but these are these are the things that like nobody tell you about right Right. These are things that you know. Well, uh, um, you know, you just kind of find out, like on, like you did, like on your own. But it's so powerful, like meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, we we always think about oh, meditation, and you go yoga or you know, like that. But you can you can. Do <laughs> These are real life it's applications. All yeah. <laughs> it's just like breathing that will, yeah. you know it help you with your sex life. I mean, mm-hmm. how good is that? Those those muscles that I mentioned, uh, pelvic muscle, you never exercise it, but you can easily exercise it while you, you're urinating, you know? And if you do that, it help you with your erection, help you with lasting longer and help you with ejaculation. Why wouldn't you do it? Well, every man should be doing this. Uh, right, yeah. Day. Well, we all tend to be lazy and, and <laughs> you know, sometimes we just got to dig a little deeper for that motivation. And, and it took me recently getting told that my, I, I put on about 25 pounds over the last 18 months. And I got told that it was starting to dilate one of the or, aortas to my new heart. And, and so that has got me motivated to get back on my exercise bicycle. And I've lost five pounds now. And congratulations. And, yeah. congratulations. Uh, you know, part of the yeah. problem is, is now I do have low testosterone. My testosterone uh, before the, I got the parainfluenza, the three was 450, and now it's about 230. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. over the last last year and a half, all my illnesses have driven that testosterone, you know, and, and just being 
a couch potato because I didn't feel like right. doing well, anything. Well, it's also your age as well, too. Right. And also being on the immunosuppressant, you know, the medication that suppresses the rejection of your heart will, will sometimes cause some lower testosterone uh, as well, right. too. Yeah, yeah and, I've looked and, up and, the side effects, and a lot of my meds do statin drugs I take for my lay, my uh, to keep my cholesterol perfect mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. lower testosterone so but that that's another thing I found is I may not have the drive to make love to my wife anymore but I can use my mind to decide I want to make love to my wife and and follow through with that act rather than make have to into oh i gotta have you now it's i want to have you now and so we've been what's able the difference? to what's the difference the difference I want is to have you now i have to have you now <laughs> the the have to have you now is the biological you know male's response to the testosterone that he's driven you know to copulate uh where the i want you now is i have decided that I enjoy making love to you. And so therefore I am going to do it even though my body's not telling me I have to do it. So uh, our, our sex life is virtually not dropped off at all when I'm healthy. Right, 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 <laughs> and, right. Uh, and I love that because what you're stressing is the power of the mind, the power right. of the mind and how it can really drive everything. We already know that you have a powerful mind that help you come out from the, the depth of death uh, uh, and, uh, and you know, you decide, to, you know, I'm going to go out my own way. And that has helped you actually go on to the next step, but also the power of the mind in contributing to how you, I mean, you know, you, you certainly have, you know, severe medical condition being on multiple medication for your uh, uh, transplant. And, and right. anyone that has transplant, I, I know I've taken care of some, yeah, several patients with kidney transplant uh, as well as liver transplant and heart transplant. I, I'm familiar with the medication that you're on, and they're not, not mild medication. They are not nice medications. <laughs> no, they're strong medication and with a lot of side effects. But the point I'm trying to make is that the, the mind is a larger sexual organ. If we're just right. looking at sexuality here, and it's a larger sexual organ, it's, it's not your penis, it's your mind, and it starts in the mind, which then drive everything. And Galen already said that you know he has low testosterone, but that hasn't really affected his libido, nor you know his his wanting to you know have intercourse with his wife because his mind decides that right. I, I I I I you know that. You know, I want to be attracted to you. I want to connect with you, and I want to have, you know, sexual activity with you. And that is kind of like the rev up, that the rev up everything, you know, mm-hmm. like the hormone, like and the nerve, and you know, right. your heart. Well, and, your blood and I, I also can, I also continued, uh, as in, in mid April of of twenty twenty, I uh, I upgraded to a, a clinical grade shockwave their home shockwave therapy unit and gave myself another 12 treatments with it uh, which reduced my uh fill by another third so right. and, and then i was up to making love to my wife four to six times a week and mm-hmm. uh sometimes twice in a day which is kind of un- unheard of at at 
uh, 66 years old. <laughs> yeah, 60, 66 and a heart transplant. But I think that with you, you know, along with some of the treatment you have, but even the, the, the trackway treatment you had, even in a, in a case where with mild ED, it may not even help. As an ED, it's a multimodality approach of, right. you know, of mind and body. It's not just doing one thing. And one thing I want to stress is that, guys, if you have ED, it's just not one thing that's going to solve your problem. It really starts with working within yourself first and, you know, and, and asking yourself questions, you know, are you, uh, are you, you know, doing porn? Are you smoking? Are you, you know, drinking a lot of alcohol? That is, because that, you know, it creates inflammation. And, you know, what's your weight? What's your diet? Are you sleeping? Just kind of taking that and and then using your mind to start the arousal uh, process and not like, well, you know, you're with her. You got to get an erection within like two minutes, you know? Right. It's just sometimes sometime your ability as, as a man that can depend upon, you know, how fast you get an, an erection sometimes, you know, like you mentioned, you know, uh, it, it, to focus on, okay, I got to get this erection, got to be rock hard uh, or else I can't perform. But if he spent time with foreplay and with connection with his partner and uh, mutual pleasing, that itself will help with the right. erection as well. Right. Uh, and that's, that's one of the, that's one of the thing I tell, especially the young men that have come into the group and they've they're addicted to porn and they've basically masturbated to the point that they don't work anymore. Uh, sometimes even they don't, they're not able to masturbate anymore because their erections just are that bad and definitely cannot perform with a woman. And, and I tell, tell my guys, first of all, you need to unlearn everything porn has taught you about making love to a woman because porn is the worst teacher there is for what a woman wants. You know, porn, I, I, you know, I, I get a little crude here, but porn teaches fucking, not lovemaking. And uh, there's a huge difference. So. Right, right. That's an interesting way of, of saying that. And, and, and it's also it's also fantasy. It's like the movie Marvel. Yeah, it's superhero. Mm. It's fantasy. You know, it's not real life because it's a movie. That means they can cut. They can, you know, paste. They can, <laughs> they can film over three days and it looks like, you know, they're doing it, you know, for the 20, 30 minutes, but it could go on for days at time. You just don't know, and it's fantasy right. also. You don't know, you know, what what else, what other medication, what other things they're, they're taking. So that is something to consider as well. But you, you mentioned, like, a lot of stuff that, you know, uh, the massage and the breathing, the meditation, the connection with the partner. What I want to know is, okay, you're, uh, how would you describe three to five feeling that you have when you have ED? What, what do these men feel? What are these feelings they're feeling? Well, the you feeling know, our, thinking. our society has conditioned us to the point that we tie that, our, our manhood to our erections. And so that's probably one of the first things that a lot of men feel is I'm not a man anymore. And, uh, you know, that's the furthest thing from the truth. I mean, if you have diabetes, does that make you not a man? <laughs> you know, diabetes is treatable. ED is treatable. 
so your manhood's not involved here. You can still be the man that your woman needs, even if your penis doesn't work at all. I, I tell my guys, hey, you know, there's women that love people that don't have penises. <laughs> so a penis is not necessary for a woman to love you. Well said. Well said. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, stuck there. What, 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 what are the emotions? Oh, okay. Uh, that the man well, experiences yeah, and feel when he had ED. Embarrassment. You know, the first, I another thing I've learned from two years of working with women in the group is one of the first things the woman feels is it's my fault. He's not attracted to me anymore. And then we're so ashamed that we don't reach out to her and say, no, it's not you. <laughs> My body isn't working like it's supposed to. And so unfortunately, a lot of men at that point withdraw all their affection from their women and won't even touch them anymore. And the women are just agonizing because they need that, that affection from their man. And he's afraid to give it to her because he doesn't want to get her going and then not be able to satisfy her. And so, again, that comes back around to learning your foreplay, learning other ways to pleasure a woman, and making that spiritual connection with her. Exactly. What other emotion? What What is the man thinking? Is, is there? Is there? I think. Oh my God, my life is over. What? You know, I never, I never experienced that because, you know, like I say, I, I was very aggressive with treating my ED. You know, sex was so important in my life that I wasn't going to let ED stop me if I could at all possibly do it. But there is a component that, um, you know, I've I have probably saved the lives of 10 young men over the last couple of years that were literally ready to go kill themselves until I was able to talk with them at length in private messaging and explain to them that, no, let's not use it permanent fix for a temporary problem. <laughs> so yes, it, it can be cause a man to be suicidal. And I've there's some men that have I've had to work with for weeks and weeks, slowly getting them up out of that depression cycle. A lot of them will say, Oh, thank you, bless you. <laughs> you know, you, you've saved my life. And one of my best stories is a, a young man that was like that. Um, he lived in Germany. His mother was Pakistani and his father was German. And so he was in a in a arranged marriage situation where he was supposed to get married in three months. And he was very, very su suicidal when I was working with him on the group. And then he just disappeared for a week. And I'm assuming the worst that that he's he's killed himself. But he came back in a week and he says, I've just spent the whole week in my room thinking about what you said to me. And my erections came back. <laughs> so he had just worried himself into the point that he was producing so much cortisol yeah. <laughs> that he could not yeah. physically get an erection because he had worried himself to that point. And right. I worked with him for another two or three months and we ended up uh, getting him on some temporarily on mm -hmm. some Cialis and he got married and soon figured out that he didn't need the Cialis anymore. And uh, they just right. they just had their first child about three months ago. So oh, that's wonderful for that man to mm -hmm. have met you and to be able to 
be exposed to that. But, you know, well, sometimes and that, the, the psychological component is there along with the physical component, but then they play with each other in a, in a vicious right. cycle. The psychological meaning, you know, the, the, the anxiety, the performance anxiety, feed, and then that create more stress and the stress create, you know, physical changes in the body with, you know, like increasing cortisol, lower testosterone, and creating inflammation, which then worsen the ED prop, which can contribute to the physical part. And then, right. And so it's just a vicious uh, I call cycle. it the ED, the ED tailspin. Your yeah. plane is in a tailspin, and you've got to figure out how to pull it up out of that tailspin before right, you crash. Right, <laughs> and 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 sometimes, sometimes uh, you know, taking an ED med is actually more effective for men that has a psychological ED because it gives right. them that that look that confidence, and then once he gets that confidence, he can kind of work through it, and then be able to get off the medication. Yeah, and that's always my goal is to try to get them off the medication once they've got that confidence back. Wonderful. So what advice would you give a man that having had ED yourself and gone through what you have uh, and working and having the Facebook group and, and, and working with the men here, what advice would you have for a guy that just, you know, I don't to notice that he having ED and feeling really worried about it. Well, uh, the, uh, we covered it a little bit. The very first piece of advice is do not withdraw affection from your woman. That's a one guaranteed way to lose her. If you're showing her affection and, and working on pleasuring her, she'll stick with you forever. I have found the number one thing a woman needs in a relationship is to feel cherished. If she knows that you're her, uh, that she's your treasure, she will not leave you because that is the number one thing she needs in her life to be happy is to feel treasured and cherished. And so that's the first thing is do not pull back and go into your shell and uh, try to deal with this on, her, on your own. She is your helpmate and she's, she's anxious to help you. And so, and then of course, the second one is to immediately go see a doctor to find out if there's underlying conditions that are causing this. 15% uh, of men who develop ED will have a heart attack or stroke within five years of their developing ED. My, my stroke was eight years after I developed ED, I had a stroke. And so uh, even though I didn't show any signs of cardiovascular issues, I still had a stroke at 52 years old. <laughs> right, right. And, 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 so, and, you, and you were one of those statistics there. So ED is really the warning sign that your body's out of balance, that there's something going on with your blood flow that is contributing to the problem. So get blood work because blood work is, is first of all, is covered by insurance, especially the, so why the blood work? To look at the blood sugar, look at the cholesterol, look at inflammation markers, and those are the things that is really first come. And then when you go see the doctor, get your blood pressure checked because I, I can't tell you how many times I see a patient and uh, for ED and we do blood work and he hasn't had blood work done in like five years and newly diagnosed you know, diabetes, his blood sugar is like 300, hemoglobin A1C is 12, his blood pressure is like 200 over 150, and his heart rate's high, and his cholesterol is, you know, um, 300 or more, and LDL is way high. So these things that uh, it's actually reversible. 
Mm-hmm. They're reversible. So ED is reversible if you know what's causing it. Right. You want to catch it uh, early. And that's why you and I have so much things in common that, you know, we know that, you know, if you uh, uh, know what to, to do in, in the, the beginning, you can really reverse uh, ED and not to have to right. be exposed to have a heart attack, you know, uh, uh, 10 years down the road or have more heart issues uh, 10 years down the road. So right. what, what other advice would you advise? Well, uh, and that, that, I would say the third piece kind of ties to the second piece is third piece is don't buy the snake oil out there. Oh, no. There are for every one good supplement, there are a hundred that are just trying to take take advantage of your desperation. So find a doctor that you trust or, or you know, uh, we've got a, a holistic nurse in our group that has donated her time to the group and she works with men with their supplements, but she works with her doctors with their blood tests to find out what they're missing before she ever suggests a supplement to them. And right, uh, right. that that's exactly. the important part. Uh, you know, by taking a supplement, you're going BB hunting, you're going elephant hunting with a BB gun. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. But so, I, 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 I like that metaphor, uh, BB Hunter uh, was an elephant. It, it's really a multimodality approach. All right. right. And, and oftentimes, you know, he, he can probably resolve it himself by uh, by really, you know, um, like what we dis- the factors that we discussed about, you know, decreasing stress, stop smoking, stop porn, you know, exercise, and, and uh, eat a better diet. And, you know, oftentimes you start doing that and just getting your mind in the right place. Um, right. And it will improve and, uh, right. as well, too. Well, so, and that that would be my fourth suggestion is relax. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe find you some meditation on your own, you know, to do on your own to to get because the more you get stressed, the more your body produces cortisol and the less your directions want to work properly. So you've got to figure out a way to calm yourself down. And uh, maybe not take yourself quite so seriously in this. And I know that's awful hard to do because it's such an integral part of our maleness. But it takes that. Even with people with, even with guys with physical ED, the mental part plays a huge part in it. Because, you know, even though the, the, there's a physical reason, as soon as that physical reason happens once, then the next time he might be a that physical reason might not be prevalent at that moment, but his mental health has gone down. And so he's in that ED tailspin yes, because uh, of his physical. The, the ED tailspin of the both the, the worry about whether he can perform or not and so forth. I can't tell you how many times I work with my patient and, and you know, the erection is back again, but they're still worried about it. They're still worried about whether it's gonna, is it gonna mm-hmm. work, you know? Oh my God, I'm I'm 85%, you know, hard. I'm not 100%, I'm not rock hard. You know, it's just like, the more you worry about it, your erection will actually get worse if you keep right. worrying about it all the time, right? It's kind of like, Kind of like when you go take a test, you're gonna go take the test with the attitude of, "Hey, I study. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to handle." It. You don't go in there, take the test, and go, "I'm gonna fail," or, you know, <laughs> even though I study or like that. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, yeah, I, I present it in uh, the same way. So, having said that, oh my goodness, I've learned some stuff from just talking to you today, 
and I appreciate your being here. Uh, well, I, that's, that's one thing, you know, having been given a new heart, that's given me another 20 plus years with my soulmate, and then having my erectile function restored with shockwave therapy to where, you know, at 66, I'm able to make love just pretty much anytime my 66 year old body will let me. <laughs> uh, that's why I tell people I, my challenge now is keep getting this 66 year old body up to, to keep up with my erection capability. And uh, so after those two things, I just feel so obligated to pay these blessings forward and help other guys. And so anybody that needs me, you look me up in the group, you can PM me, I'll be there for you. Well, his, uh, his, uh, his Facebook group is Erectile Dysfunction uh, Discussion. Uh, and the other one is Erectile Dysfunction. They're, they're both named Erectile Dysfunction oh. Discussion. Okay. I actually, I didn't found either one of the groups, but I got so active in both of them that they eventually, the administrators retired and gave me the groups. <laughs> so they're both right. exact, named exactly the same. The big group is the one with all capital E's. And the other group is all lowercase erectile dysfunction oh, discussion. Okay, so there's that's both, the difference. The only difference the between the two groups. Right. I, Either uh, way, you'll and get. I'm, to and me. I'm a member. I'm a member of. I joined in, in both groups as well. And the fun part is to kind of you know learn and. Yeah, the, the big the, group the more, is where I have I most. I know what of you guys are thinking. The better. Yeah. I, I, I'm able. The to big group is where I have most of my documents and little writings. I've got a got a uh, a paper on the the link between ED and porn my how to make her happy when Mr. Happy doesn't cooperate is in the file section in that group. There's also writings from some of the women in the group. I've asked them to write their stories and write how it affects them. And those, those are posted in the group in the file section. And so that file section is a gold mine of, uh, right. Of, right. Absolutely. I I've seen that. And I, I also posted my, uh, good morning wood smoothie recipe yes. in there as well too. Well, thank you for being with me today. You're quite and welcome. Guys, I hope you get something out of this and I will see you in the next episode. Okay. Thanks, Dr. Ann. Hello there. Want an amazing sex life? This free gift is going to give you more sex by helping you get harder and lasting longer. Let's talk about the most sensitive subject, the effect that aging has on your sex life. If you're over 40, there's about 67% chance that you have to deal with one or more of these issues. You sometimes go soft in the middle of sex. You sometimes have trouble lasting long enough to climax. Your erection just doesn't feel as hard as it used to be, and your penis is not as sensitive as it used to be. You cannot reach orgasm or ejaculate. You sometimes have trouble getting an erection. These things lead to frustration and embarrassment when you cannot please your partner. My name is Dr. Ann Trung, and I've been treating men for issues like this for over 25 years. As a board-certified medical doctor who specializes in men's health, I help over 7,000 men reverse the effect of ED. As a way to introduce you to the ED treatment that I offer, I want to give you the most incredible free gift ever. But don't let the fact that it's free gift fool you. This powerful gift will help you get harder and stay and last longer and may just revolutionize your sex life, making sex more exciting, more thrilling, and an amazing experience again. How is that? So here's what you're going to get in this most incredible free gift. Number one, a good morning wood smoothie recipe. 
This is my specially formulated antioxidant recipe that will help you get harder and stay and stimulating more blood flow. It is formulated to increase your nitrous oxide level, which is one of the biggest keys to making you harder and firmer more often and will also help you last longer. It is filled with lots of greens that create more nitrous oxide in your blood. This smoothie will give you that morning wood effect and will also make you harder on demand when you need it most. And you'll see the effect in about several weeks. Number two, nitrous oxide testing strip. You will also get two of these strips, which you will use along with simple instructions to test your nitrous oxide level in your saliva. Nitrous oxide is a gas in your body and is required for good blood flow to the organ. The strip can determine if your nitrous oxide are deficient, which can help us advise you on the best way to reverse your ED. Even more important, since since ED is an early warning sign of problems with circulation and heart health, this can also be a great way to prevent heart-related problems such as strokes and heart attack. Number three, and the best part of all, a 30-day free trial access to the Modern Man Club. As part of our mission to make men hard again, we launched the Modern Man Club as a way to provide education and support to community of men who's on the path to reversing their ED. With pre-recorded and live session being offered every week, um, I will help men regain sexual health through training, support. I will be there all the way with you to hold your hand through, so that way you can overcome ED and have your best sex life. Members rave about this session and the sense of community they gain by being a member of the Modern Man Club. And all you have to do is to say maybe to this offer. And once you say maybe, you will be on your way to a more fulfilling and exciting sex life. So all you have to do is fill down the form below and then I will see you on the inside. Thanks for listening to the Sexual Health for Men podcast. If you love this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and post it on Facebook, Instagram, or wherever you post. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you like this episode and what you like to hear in the future. That will help me know what's great for you. And I would love to give you the most incredible free gift designed to help you improve performance quickly. Go to my website at sexualhealthformenpodcast.com to get the book, The Five Common Costly Mistakes Men Make When Facing ED. I would appreciate it if you subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and just know that you can have sexual vitality for life. I appreciate you. Until next time.